<laughs> so with today being November 14th, yeah, I put milk in this coffee that had a date on it that said November 6th, which I know is like a sell-by date. It's not a, it's not a best-by date. It's a sell Yeah, but it's still far from that date. Yeah, it's like a week and a day. How does it smell? And what do you? That's the thing. I don't. What am I smelling for? I smell, sourness. I smell the 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 milk. Thinking, hmm. I but I realize I have zero idea what stench I'm actually trying to perceive. Well, I think it's a instinctual thing. If you smell it and you think it smells off, you know, then you should listen to your brain's reaction. I mean, how did we know anything was bad for us? You know, we would taste a little bit of it or smell it you know animals listen to your schnoz yeah listen to your schnoz <laughs> that word it always reminds me of home alone too or is it one see now i can't remember schnoz. it's in one of the home alones when he I, talks about a schnoz i can't <laughs> Yeah, I can't even remember the scene. But for some reason in my life, the word schnoz has has been linked forever to Home Alone. Yeah, well. Let's see. Home Alone quotes schnoz. I mean, Marv would have said it, right? Yes, of course. Because he's Jewish. I'm also apparently dyslexic now because I wrote home schnoz alone quotes. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so that when they were faking being hit by the uh, paint cans coming. Oh, yeah, he's like, right in the schnoz. That's it. Nice job. It's weird how those connections are made. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't remember the scene. I don't know. But it just has been tied to Home Alone. Anyway, the milk. Well, now it's in your coffee. You got to smell the milk. How's it taste in your coffee? Soggy. It tastes fine. I mean, there's no, there's no chunks. Also, what's the worst that happens with bad milk? You get a sour stomach. Do you? Isn't uh, cottage cheese just rotted milk? It's not rotted. I mean, ba- uh, uh, dry aged steak is just old steak. Yeah, it's like prosciutto. You can still gets prosciutto. It's not. It's just raw meat that's been hung to dry out covered in salt it's not cooked at all well it's sort of cooked like the enzymes kind of cook it or something (laughs) right yeah not cook it but like it's not really it's raw but it's not it's not like if you ate it before it was dried raw yeah and ate the colonies of bacteria Mm mm-hmm Gabagool. I don't know. I guess it's fine. Probably time to get rid of that milk. But I didn't smell anything. Is the point when I smelled it, it smelled fine. All right, then it's probably fine. But I don't know what I'm smelling. You would know. I think you'd know. It's just built in. Yeah. It's a biological thing. I think so. Humans evolved the knowledge of when a, a milk smell is rotted there was a I had spoiled some, uh, i had some deli turkey in my drawer thing in the whatever drawer in the fridge and i knew it was old um 
and I felt it and it didn't feel slimy. And I thought, oh, maybe it's okay. But then I gave it a smell and I was like, mm. Mm, not going to risk it. How old was it? It smelled weird. I don't know. I just knew it had been in there too long. Yeah, with deli meat. I was meat. like, oh, I forgot about that turkey back there. <laughs> with deli meat, I never know. I, I you feel, do know. You just have to smell it. Your your schnoz will tell you. I feel like a few days after I've I've purchased it. Yeah, like, eh. a few days. It's meat. It's meat that's just sitting there, exposed. All right, it's in a plastic. Oh, it's in a plastic bag that uh, has a terrible zipping mechanism that causes you to rip the bag when you're trying to open it. So then the air f- rushes in and spoils the meat. Uh, I'm a big no. fan of deli meats. You know this. I'm, I love uh, luncheon meats. Mm-hmm. I go boar's head all the way, though. None of that processed shit. Highly processed. Boar's head's the best. Yeah. It's not... Uh, boar's head isn't... Actually, I can't speak to boar's head. I don't know what their process is. But it's better than butterball, right? Butterball <laughs> seems like... That big, okay, like if you got butterball turkey, like if you got that at the deli, it just makes me think it's a hot dog, but made of turkey. Yeah, that's. I think that's what it is. That's a good comparison. It's just turkey a hot gi- dog, yeah. It's a giant ball. Of, what a horrible name, butterball. <laughs> of 6,000 different turkeys. <laughs> and parts, have, like yeah, parts. That have been formed into the shape of one. Turkey breast. It's not even that close, but it's about. The, it's not even a turkey breast, isn't it? Just like a lump. It is, but it's about the size of a turkey, right? The, I think they kind of gauge the size of it <laughs> on the animal because with the other products, like if you get a chicken type, that it's a smaller lump of meat. It is smaller. You're right. <laughs> they just said like, yeah, make it the size of the animal, so people think it's real. <laughs> Butterball. Yeah, I need to do research. I know boar's head is much better. I just, uh, I can't speak to it because I was going to say that uh, there's got to be a process still. It's still processed in a way. I think it is. But I think um, I would trust getting deli roast beef or something more than I would trust getting like the turkey because I feel like the turkey is like the hot dog version. And really get getting yourself a turkey, like an actual turkey, not just for Thanksgiving and then using the meat from it to, you know, use on sandwiches or in soups or whatever is not that hard. Making a turkey is not that hard. Everybody, there's all these like, all this like folklore around like ruining the turkey over Thanksgiving. It's not very hard to cook a turkey. It's not difficult, but it's still much more work. It's not that much work. You just cover it. You just like slather it skin with butter. You put all kinds of shit all over it. I know, you might but stuff but, a but, lemons up its butt, lemon up its butt, and then you put it in the fucking oven. <laughs> but buying just meat that's ready to go, it's much easier. That's all I'm saying. I guess. But then you're eating hot dog, turkey, turkey hot dog. Just buy boar's head. It's the way to go. Okay. Can you buy turkeys year round? Are they just available? Yeah. What do you think? They only slaughter turkeys once a year? The annual turkey genocide. <laughs> I just don't know how many people who are buying turkeys outside of the holidays. I know. I, I had done it. I've done it. Uh, there was one year where I did it like three times, including Thanksgiving. So twice outside of Thanksgiving. 
um, just for its meat and its carcass and its like extras. <laughs> Is it cheaper? Do they gouge the prices during the holidays? Can you get a turkey um, that's uh, off season turkey? It's like half price. Yeah, I bet you it is. I didn't really pay attention. I just knew that it was going to be cheaper than lunch meat over time. Over time. I mean, sure, over time. <laughs> yeah, not in that one moment. You're playing the long game with your mm-hmm. meats. This is where you. This is where you currently exist. When you ask, well, sometimes you know how I get into like right. I'm kind of into it right now. Where it's like I try and make things if I can. You know, it's that too. I've gotten into that before. It's like, why don't I just get a turkey instead of getting turkey meat? I'll just make the turkey. You gotta make more money. It's absolutely ridiculous. I know this is not the place to talk about it. I just... It's not that I don't have the money. It's just, it's better for our lives. Okay, well, it made me think about you coming up with these things because, you know, sometimes you ask me, should I sell my AMC? I'm like, how much would you make? $70. I was like, man, you really need money. And that's, that's well, I mean, not that I need the seventy dollars. It's that if I sell it now, I'll have three hundred something dollars. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like three hundred bucks or plus just staring at me. And I think, why am I just letting it sit here and go down and then back up and then down? Yeah, so the initial investment plus the seventy dollars you made. I think it's only fifty four that I've made right now. <laughs> well, I mean three hundred dollars. <laughs> isn't that much money but i mean for some people it is and it's a it's a decent amount of money for me it's not commentary on you it's commentary on the fact that you're on a number one rated radio show and it doesn't mean anything i know old media old media like the i hate using the terms old and new but it's the way to differentiate between the the tv and radio and you know local tv people don't make that much either like you would think Oh yeah, there's still money there. There's not the stupid industry I work in, new media. Like money is pouring out of the seams. It's everywhere. I know. Why? That's where the advertisers went because yeah. they left. They left old media. So the money isn't really there as much. Because you can give a very targeted uh, uh my heat's turning on. You hear that? Oh, I hear it. I I it was cold. And I made the choice. Oh, I'll leave the the heat on. I have a thermostat in this apartment. I can turn the wow, big money the boiler on and turn it off. Unlike most New York City apartments, where it's like I hope it comes on. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. With online, you can target your the the people, targeted targeted ads and all that shit and better. How, do, how does radio get into that? And better metrics, you can see who clicked on what and who engaged with what. What radio yeah. can't radio can't offer any of that. It's like, oh, we put it on there. Let's hope that people. I know, but how do they? They've got it. If they're gonna have to change, or if, even if they didn't want to, how would they? You know, uh, get listenership back up. I mean, I know that's the thing. That's this is where it becomes tricky because. Well, I think t- paying attention to the podcast numbers, and, um places online where where things can be watched you know and but also consumed and like what eric's trying to do with like the the better visual element um like other podcasts have you know i think paying giving that more recognizing that that is the probably going to be the future uh way to make money because then you can have targeted ads yeah i do think it's better that way 
Yeah. If if you're working off of an advertising model, which there's always a trade off, you get content for free, and unless you count your time having to listen to commercials is not free, and that's a fair assessment. But yeah, you know, you get something for free with the advertising model with all its problems because then people can start to dictate comment the content, but that's not you know that's not happening with your situation. Yeah. So anyway, it's, well, it's what a, gonna do? he's going to figure it out, but then he's going to be 68 <laughs> and then I'm done. Eric will be done and you'll be not even 50. Yeah. Well, if he's 68, you'll be 50. Right? Right. Yeah. Welcome to One Topic, where we stick to one topic. My name is Autumn Fisher. My name is Greg Russ. This week's topic, it was my choice, and I was having a hard time. I I think I was getting a little too complicated with what I wanted to talk about instead of just coming up. You know, the pre-show here, spoiled milk. I could have extended that for a whole show. That could have been a topic for a show, though I do try to stay away from food items. Because I no, feel like why? because they come we have up. to do sometimes we have to do food. Yeah, but they come up so often, like quite often the initial point of conversation is about food stuff. And I thought we're talking about food stuff. And, like, I know, and then we end up talking about deli meats. <laughs> it's like, see, that's fine. And these are things people can relate to. But then I was I was getting a bit too convoluted, I guess, in my thought. <laughs> I've been feeling reflective lately as I, you know, the year ends and the 30s and I approach 40 years of age. Um, See, that's my reaction to it. My reaction to it is an oof, which is interesting that yours is. So anyway, my my complex path into discussing discussing this uh, this topic was thinking about being in kindergarten. And how, and I've brought this up before, I know, and how on the wall, it's strange that it's, that this is stuck in my mind for all these years. And this is how I break the year down, not into seasons per se, but into columns, three separate columns of four months each, because on the wall, the months were listed in three columns. It was January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. Third column's always been my favorite. I hate the middle column. I used to dislike as you're when you're a kid, it's different. The middle column was cool because you had off from school. Mm. But as I've grown older, I hate the the middle column and I've grown to hate the first column because of the weather. Um, Yes, I hate the middle column because of the weather, because I hate the summer and I hate the heat. And I don't like the first column anymore because it just marks the start of a new year, which isn't exciting to me. I just get settled into the old year, and then then it ends, and then we're suddenly on to a new year. And I think okay. with, I think with my birthday being close to the top of the year in February, February second, that it's also representative of that coming. I wonder if I had a different birthday, if I would care about the first column as much, because I never liked my birthday, I never liked the the passage of time. Though my relationship with time, I feel as though changed a bit over the years, where before it was an adversary. I would sit there and I would stare it in the face and I'd say, I hate you. You're my enemy. And I'm just going to wade into you. I'm going to somehow 
quantify the passage of time thinking of things like uh, playing online dominoes and seeing that I spent <laughs> a shitload of time playing over 16,000 games. <laughs> T- to me, the stats. What does that do? Does that g- give you like a sense of control? No, there's no control. But it's like you know, they people say. I, I know fa- there's no control, but it's, does it give you a sense of control? Like Pe- people say, face your fears, right? They say, face them. <laughs> and so time is my fear. I'm not scared of snakes or spiders, for example. I am scared of snakes. I wouldn't want to come across a snake. But <laughs> and then, you know, if I'm scared of a spider, it's like hold the spider in your hand. So this is similar. I'm scared of time. Like, okay. hold time in your hand. Okay. So that's what I did. And I, I feel as though that is shifted a bit. Now time just more so exists. But obviously there are elements of this uh, that still exist. My conflicted relationship with the passage of time. So, you know, I was just thinking of being already again in the third column of the year. And then I expanded that i guess to my life and we're in the middle column firmly entrenched in that middle column of life as 40 approaches and it's interesting that your reaction is ugh well it wasn't ugh it's more like oof yes i guess there's a difference between those yeah, things yeah cuz i'm not i mean <clears throat> I guess emotionally, it feels like, wow, okay, 40. That means I'm 40. <laughs> and only older people are 40, you know? <laughs> and I don't feel like that. I don't feel like people that I thought of as 40, you know? And so it's weird to think of myself as someone who is in their 40s. You know, um, you still have at least eight months to go. Oh well, yeah, I, my my birthday's in June, so I've I've a bit to go. But I mean, it's coming, and I I'm not like afraid of it. I don't really think it means anything. But like I said, it just emotionally, or maybe maybe it's hard to describe. Like it really. I mean, everybody says this, right? Like all the other birthdays, like 30, when you turn 30, it doesn't feel as important, right? Because it's sort of like the first sort of mm, milestone that doesn't mean as much, like since you've turned 21. Um, And then 40 feels more important to me just because of how I guess, like I said, I feel about adults um, and, and how I feel about people who are older and i don't mean in age but i just mean in like their spirit you know their uh how they feel about their lives how they behave in their lives you know people in their 40s to me you know are the the sort of zombie people who live their lives and i mean i do all these things too you take care of your kids you go to the grocery store you you know, you sneak some wine with your friends, you know, like, oh, we have a book club, but really, it was just a drink of wine. Like, shut up. No. And that spiritually to me is like 40. Like, there are some people who are younger than that, but they act like that. Like, there are some people who are younger, but spiritually act in their 40s. There certainly and, is a way that yeah. people carry it. Like, I think about myself being almost 40 and, you know, 
I'm still making weird noises yeah. as I go about my daily business and uh, not carrying myself in a way. You know, and I, I've talked previously about wanting to start to dress nicer, but that's nothing to do with a feeling of having to be at a certain place by this age. I just, I just feel like that's where I am. That's something yeah. I would like to do. But, you know, that does fall into it sometimes, though I think it's reversed now. I think people, when we think of people who are middle-aged, they're giving less of a shit and just dressing like slobs. So maybe it's a bit different to actually put a little effort into it because, like, I have so much going on and I'm so defeated in my life. But, uh, yes, what you're saying is most people come off as a stereotypical adult by that age, and I don't necessarily feel as though I match it. But I don't, I don't spend too much time thinking about it it also could be because of where i live yeah i think it is i I don't think what what how we're feeling or how we behave is unique but i do feel like as you get older the amount of people that are like that get smaller and smaller and for you living in new york right it's it is different you're around people who aren't as um dead (laughs) And I don't mean that everywhere I everyone where I live is dead, but there's just like a higher percentage of people who I feel like are dead here. Yeah. And and then not to say that there aren't people like, you know, they're happy. They're happy being dead, I guess. I don't I I judge it, but maybe they're not whatever they want. Maybe they're not aware that they're dead. The the people, you know, the neighborhood next to mine, Carol Gardens, has a very good school. So it's filled with families. And, you know, you see a lot of the same things you would see in the suburbs. It's like these affluent white families that have everything you're supposed to have. And you're like, oh, you don't seem like you're really enjoying much. Um, yeah. You know, and, and part of that really is what society has imposed on us as success. And this isn't the path I want to go down, but it's, it's, um, it exists. It's like, this, these are the things you're supposed to do. And I think people do those things and they don't get much out of it because for some people it, that does work and it works fine. I think my sister is an example of this. She lives in the suburbs. She just had her third kid. Like She enjoys it. She loves it. That's the life she wants. But to make that the standard for everyone, the people who don't necessarily want that, when they start to realize that and live a different way, either feels that they don't fit in or they still feel like an outcast or they just give in, which a lot of people do. I'm like, all right, this is the life I'm supposed to live. And then I think it drains them of anything, any soul that they had. I kind of feel like that. You, with choices you've made. Yeah. I wasn't doing them because I thought that I had to, or I was, like, I I didn't feel pressure. I I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't doing things consciously. No, you just, because. (laughs) You just didn't think about it. You're like, I'm doing it. I just didn't think about it. Yeah. I didn't think about, I never thought about what I truly wanted, you know? So, yeah. Uh. I, once I realized I was there, I had gotten to the place where I guess I thought I wanted to be, or I thought I was supposed to be happy now, or it sort of all sort of caved in. And I was like, oh, I'm actually not happy. And I didn't realize that at the time, you know, I didn't know what it was. I thought I didn't, I, I couldn't, I couldn't put like a really fine point as to why I felt this way and how I got there. But, you know, three years out of it or whatever, it, I feel a, a lot, it's a lot easier to understand 
yeah, what I, was actually happening. I think the presentation to you saying that you weren't happy, like it's not the pursuit of now just happiness because, you know, I think people, that's a trap. That's a trap. Oh yeah. Cause, cause uh, the only thing that happened or one of the, the biggest things for me was things got way more difficult, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But you know, this, this idea of I'm going to go find things, I'm going to go find happiness. Like I feel like that's a trap. It's really just accepting who you are and the things that you want and figuring out what the hell you want. is a very difficult thing because just because I didn't follow a traditional path doesn't mean that I knew what the fuck I wanted. Like, right. It took you a long time too. I was just, my, my default wasn't to conform. It was, I'm just going to avoid all this fucking shit. And right. Which was also unhealthy. Yeah. I'm not saying it was, I'm saying that in the long run, I still, I'm glad that that's the path I took. And it almost was like, there were things that I think, were true about you that you tried to avoid such as i don't know enjoying certain things like what i don't know i can't put it i I don't know exactly but there are just some things where it's like you are allowed to enjoy this thing even though it's something that you don't want to enjoy sure i mean when you're in the throes of misery they have to keep the image alive Right. right But and that again is you avoiding who you right might really be. Outside of uh, that, getting back to the bigger picture here, I'm, I'm not, just, I'm just I'm saying not, I I did the same thing. You did the same thing. We've always been like the opposite side of the same coin. Yes, and I'm I'm not disagreeing with you. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Uh, okay. You know, you bring up thirty. How it wasn't like thirty to me was the big. Oh yeah. Fucking deal. I hated 30. I freaked, I did not care. I freaked the fuck out at 30 because I think I it, it was, you know, the way my mind works and big round numbers and as I've already established the passage of time, especially at that time being uh, an enemy that constantly threw in my face that I was going to die one day, a mere mortal. Um 30 hit my life, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Like professionally, it was in chaos because uh, it was the transition from radio into video, but I wasn't even sure I wanted to do, do that yet. I had no real clue where I was. I was working for that uh, quack of a fake doctor who put out documentaries like mm. Coffee Enemas Cure Cancer. And <laughs> I was like, this is, not, this is not what I want to be doing. I just uh, am doing this for a paycheck put a fake credit in your movie for me please i don't want to be associated with you um and i had zero clue you know as to what it was i needed or wanted in life like i i wasn't comfortable with myself so 30 to me was just a big you're really fucking this up you're really you're really dropping the ball you fucking loser and instead of trying to figure out things that was when i settled into real avoidance and that's when i was like yeah i don't know i like these pills and i'll do this and i'm gonna hang out and i i don't have the will or the confidence or the energy to move forward and try to figure out the things that i actually want and then i feel as though these past 10 years have been that it seems like an easy thing just accepting who you are and things that you want, but it's a very slow process for me. But I, th- I think approaching 40, for me, 
I am at a peace and I'm much more comfortable with that. It's a time of reflection, I think, right now for me instead of this awful turmoil. And hmm. uh, I much prefer, I, I have to say that I look at other people who are around our age who are assessing their lives similarly and like, what the fuck? I've got all, <laughs> like it's like a real fucking mess. And not to say that my path was better, but mm, <laughs> there's part of me that's a little cocky about it. I'm like, yeah, it was better. It was better. I don't know. I don't know if it's. It, Despite it, the struggle. Yeah, it's like my my struggle while there was a lot of destruction in its wake, mostly in the form of, you know, romantic relationships. That was that was the big thing, because I just kept getting into these relationships that I shouldn't have been in because I had this idea that I'd be in a relationship and it would force me to change or it would force me to figure out the things that I needed to find fulfillment in life. And that's the opposite approach. And it also puts relationships in this box where it's like, I need to be in a relationship because that's going to be the trigger. Mm. That's wrong. Mm-hmm. Like I, I never actually, if you, if, if you ask me now out of all those relationships and, and, and this is not to take away from the people I dated and not to say I didn't enjoy it, but um, I didn't actually want to be in many of those at all. And I don't know why I kept found, finding myself in one. Like, well, because you liked the beginning. It's like what I say about having a pet. I don't really want a pet. I just want a kitten or a puppy. Well, because I, really, I don't want the rest. I don't want the adult version of those things. So you don't want the relationship. You just want the beginning. Well, I think I wanted the relationship. I just couldn't get to the actual relationship. The beginning obviously is fun because your brain is flooded with fucking endorphins and you're high. But outside of that, for me, it was like, all right, I'm presenting myself. This is who I am. And you put all your shit on the table and someone accepts that shit. And they're like, oh, cool. But so you don't really know what that shit is. You tell them, uh, but what they see is here's a person who's open and honest with their feelings. And then they get someone a few months later who's completely shut down and not what they thought they were getting. And then you get to say, I, I told you, I told you this is what I do. You should have been ready for it. It's like stupid. It was a trap for people. It wasn't fair for fucking people. And it wasn't that I was doing it on purpose. I thought that at some point I would move through that and remain open and then be ready to put the work into an actual relationship. Like, I like the idea of having a relationship that's moved past through. Like some people say, I'm addicted to the, the first stages of it, and that's why I continue to have these. It's like I long for the connection of a relationship. It's like, yeah, this is fucking messy and hard work sometimes, but it's kind of cool that we can navigate this because there's an understanding there. There's this level of understanding with another person that I think is what I was really longing for. It's like you're, you're with someone mm. and you... No, yeah, whatever. I fucking hate you today. You hate me today, but that's not even a big deal. Like, that's, I think it's cool to me. Oof, that all feels so intimidating. That's, to uh, me, that's, I'm not ready for any of that right now. <laughs> I think that's a really like that's that's the best way to sum Whereas it up. Whereas before, I had never thought about that. The best Ever. way the best way to sum it up for me is I went in a relationship where it's like, yeah, we fucking hate each other, but it doesn't instill any anxiety because we still know that we love each other. It's like that's cool. That's what I want. It's yeah, like fuck you, I, <laughs> like, but not in a nasty, like, not in a, you know. Some people say fuck you in a real nasty way, but you can be like fuck you, get out of here, and uh, that's <clears throat> that's the kind of connection. And I guess it sounds you know emo, but it's like I, the lack of understanding. I I think has been the biggest struggle in my life. I was like, yeah, I just don't. I'm not sharing a lot 
or I'm not going to give people a lot because they just won't get it. They're not going to understand it. So that's that's where that came from. But interesting. Yeah. Anyway, I think you had thoughts on what I was saying. Well, I was just thinking, uh, I guess, about my own experience. You know, that um, if you're if you're in the third column of your life. Well, we're, right. in the, we're in the middle column. I just use the columns as an example of the way I break down the year. Which right, but you're talking about your life, really. Yeah, but we're still in the middle column at 40. We're not in the last column yet. I think, though, for you, you might be in your favorite column. No, no, I'm not in the favorite column yet. I'm sorry. I know you're trying to go somewhere with this. <laughs> I'm not trying to shit on it. Okay. I'm really not. Don't shut down. I'm not. I'm not. Uh you know, the the idea at the beginning was just to present the idea of columns. But I think I know, but I don't you think it applies to what's happening in your life? No, I think the columns are representative of the passage of time. So right now, I mean, if you're talking about where I stand and my feelings, then sure, you can say the that's feelings, what I'm talking about. You can say they closely. No, I'm match. not talking about actual like how much time you have left. I'm talking about the stages of your life. And I feel like you're starting in your favorite column. Sure. I mean, okay, I'll go along with this so you don't feel completely shut down. And I also do understand what you're saying. Okay, um, that's what I'm saying. Um, there is a shift in my feeling when September hits. It's like something lifts and I just feel a little more at peace. And I God, I just lift because it's, it's just the, the potential for cooler weather. You know, like, oh, it's happening. <laughs> Once you start to feel like that little bit of cold like yes. Yeah, well it's very I I like that too. I think that's Me the thing. Too. It's like a break from the oppressive heat. God, I don't understand people who love the heat. I don't either. They're aliens. Oh, oh I love Miami. Oh, that hot Miami heat. No. No yeah. way. I mean, listen, I don't want like oppressive stinging bone cold. But like God, the cooler weather, the cool breeze got a weird jacket i would Love much it. i would much prefer the bone crushing cold being somewhere in the northern territories in canada and like ugh, going outside is like you don't want to be out there that long and you rush inside because when it's heat everyone's just spilled out onto the streets and they <laughs> sweat oh if i had my choice between the two absolutely i'll take the bone cold but because yeah ugh, you're just Sweating through everything, everything. You, your underwear's wet. Ooh, it's horrible. Yeah. Your balls are sticking to your leg. Ugh, guys are doing little squats when they're standing in line for stuff because their <laughs> balls are sticking to their leg. Yes. So there's a. I mean, that's a big part of it. There's a break. It's just all little curtsies. It's the it's the the season of the male curtsy. It's all much more romantic. <clears throat> Yeah, you peel off a peacoat. <laughs> Hot. But so, yeah, I, I think as this approaches, I'm not freaking out as much. I don't have Good. as much death anxiety. I don't wake up in the middle of the night freaking out. Uh, in my relationship, I haven't done the thing where I wake up and look at the other person and think, how the fuck did I get here? That was a big thing. That always happened. Everyone I, everyone I ever dated, at some point I wake up and they'd be in the bed next to me. And I'm like, how? That's yeah. not a good sign. It's not a, a a thing that you want. And it just shows that I was in it for the wrong. Re I don't want to say I was in it for the wrong reasons. I was just executing improperly. I yeah, I, if, you had, if, I, if you had listened, 
if you had been in the place you are now back then, right, then you would be paying more attention to what. Oh, because you've actually realized that you have needs. And that those needs are allowed to be needed. Yes, it's just fucking accepting whoever the fuck you are. Yeah. And I'm not that big of a weirdo compared to some people. And that's no criticism against them. It's like, whatever, be yourself. Um, but there's, for whatever reason, been a struggle. Um, for the first time, this is interesting. I had to fire someone this week. Oh. And this was a person that I checked in with uh, all the, you know, I'm a post supervisor. So I oversee the editors and uh, the other staff in the post-production department. And I, you know, we're remote, so you don't see people in person, so you can't really gauge how they're doing. You can't read cues. So you check in with people, and at least I try to, because it's important, especially it's a busy time of the year and people are doing a lot of work, and you try to see how people are feeling. And you can only go on what they tell you. So when someone says, I'm good, I'm fine, you know, fine, my favorite answer. Uh, you're like, okay. You can't say, no, you're fine. not. No, you're not. So it got to this point where this one person who, like, I, I checked in with her often, and I thought we had a good relationship. I mean, it was, didn't expand beyond work, but within the work setting, I thought we had a, a good relationship. And, like, even recently, there was a, an overbearing producer who is appearing at the end of the day, who is unreachable, unreachable throughout the day and would appear at the end and say, I need this done now. It's like, it's, it's a shitty way to approach mm -hmm. things. Someone's day is over. So I did some edits myself and then gave them to the editor and said, here, give these to the producer to make it seem like that she did the edits. That way it was kind of because the producer was like, this editor is never going to get this done. And I was like, oh, let's, let's show that person. Let's okay. show them. Like it's my rebellious streak, kind of like a fuck you to the person who's shitting on the person on my team who, you know, I feel mm -hmm. protective of. And so I even did this. I did these edits and I gave them to the editor to send out and then they were done on time. And then it was like, yeah, see, you said that this couldn't be done. And, you know, at the end, so this, this, this thing comes to a head uh, last week where on Friday night, that thing kind of happens at the end of the day, this needs to be done now. And the editor's like, I'm done. I'm not, I'm done for the night. And then just throws the project files out. Which, you know, the, the project file for anyone doesn't know. It's like when you're editing, you create a, a file and all the work is stored in there. So if you have the footage on your computer, you have that project file from someone else. It'll connect to that footage and their edit will appear on your computer. Um, so what ended up happening is my boss ended up having to take the edit on the Friday night to finish it because this editor kind of just ditched it. And so then earlier this week, I, I, you know, you have to have a conversation at that point about what happened. And I, you know, brought it up. I said, hey, we need to talk about this. There's some fallout from it. As much as it fucking sucks, there's politics at play because this one producer has been around for a long time and you can't do shit like that. And she lost her shit. And <gasps> On you? Well, just in general. It's like, this is all fucking bullshit. Uh, do you think she was in the right? I think she was stressed and angry and burnt mm -hmm. out, which is fair. I think some of the accusations that were thrown out there about how her pay was low. I mean, she worked pretty steadily and was making at that rate $91,000 a year. That's not like awful money. And mm -hmm. then 
you know, I said, Hey, when you did this, you know, my boss had to take the edit and that doesn't look good on me. Um, so just, you right. know, basically I was saying, look, if you have a, if, if you need to ditch for the night, just tell me and then I'll facilitate that. Like I'm right. not going to, I'll, I'll handle it. Uh, that way it doesn't become a thing. And, you know, there were claims like, oh, boo hoo, the, the, the boss has to do the edit, the rich boss with his benefits. It's like, I know what my boss makes. It's not that much. Like the range, oh. the range between 91,000 and the salary. It's like, the, the, there's not, there's no richness, but there's this idea that yeah. everyone else is rich and oppressive. And, she was saying this to you? Yes. Oh. And, mm-hmm. you know, you know, and then at, at, the, at the end, you know, it, it also threw a statement at me that was, uh, it's not my fault that me not doing those edits Friday night made you look bad at your job. I'm like, hey, fuck you. I didn't say that. But in my mind, that's where it got. I was like, I thought we were on the same side. And now I'm just a bad guy like everyone else. Right. Instead of recognizing someone who was like a part of her like backing. Yeah. If you were there to back her. And it really, really bothered me. Like I sat there and I was was bothered by it for a long time. And it's not – you know, the way it went down and it specifically had an impact on me, but it was representative, I realize, of the way I fucking lived my life for a very long time. And especially with all these relationships, I was her and everyone else <laughs> in the relationship was like asking me, how are you? Is there, is there something you need? Can I help? Can I? And I'm like, I'm fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. I never actually told people what was actually going on. And then it got to a point where I'm sure the other people I was with felt like, what the fuck? I was on your side and you've turned on me. And now at the end, I'm just like everyone else. And it was, I I think that realization that I had put people in the spot, people who actually did care and, you know, were looking out and wanted to put effort into the relationship and move forward with it. And I gave them fucking nothing. And just kept them at bay until at some point it felt as though to them that I thought we were on the same side. Clearly we're not. Mm. And it was pretty shitty. <clears throat> I mean, don't don't take all of that blame. I, right? I, There's, uh, okay. You weren't the only person that was, you know, messing up a relationship. I'm not to say and not to say that I was. OK, Um you know, out of all the relationships going through them, there was one person that I feel as though that if I were in the right spot, could have moved forward with. Like it really mm-hmm. would have worked. And that was the one I, I treated most poorly, not directly. It wasn't outward disdain or anything nasty, but it was a guy was this person was fully invested. I knew what they wanted. I knew that I had zero. This was like right when I turned 32. So it yeah. all, it all synced up. And I, uh, you know, that was the one that I hold the most regret over because just there was a point we broke up and then it's like, no, let's get back together. I should have said, no, let's not fucking get back <laughs> together. That would have been the right thing to do. But instead, you know, dragged her through another <sighs> year of me giving nothing. And I think, as I approach 40, you know, now I'm in an, another relationship um, that feels the same way as that one, but I'm in a totally different spot. Um, yeah. Before, it's like no path was going to work. No, nothing 
there was no way forward. And now it's like, oh, there are ways forward here. And that's a new thing to me. And yeah, so I think it's a decent place to be in. And I know when we talk about all this stuff, it's like, you know, our relationship, yours and mine, mm-hmm. um, you know, it prepped me for this. Um, uh, clearly, I was in this spot, I think, already. Yeah. Also, so focused on being in this spot already that I was, <laughs> it was like, whatever, to all the other obstacles and hurdles in the way. Yeah. It's like, that's fine. That stuff can be managed. Um, which, you know, would have been a huge undertaking. I still don't, I don't, I don't, can't say whether or not it could have been, but yeah. Uh, yeah. As you've spoken or made noises or little comments throughout this commentary that I've put forth, (laughs) it's like, yeah, you're (laughs) like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I don't like the thought of any of that. Yeah. Well, I I mean, I, I was, I should have not. I honestly, like, I shouldn't have moved forward with you, even though it was, it felt like this force that we couldn't help, you know, and it was so, it felt so magical and amazing. I think with a clearer head, you know, instead of a head full of serotonin, I think I would have chosen differently, not because I didn't want to experience that or it was a mistake necessarily, but I put you through that. I put myself through that. I needed the time. And then even the little bit of relationship I had after that, like didn't, shouldn't have happened. I needed, I needed the time uh, to reflect or to, to sit. But I guess just like how, you know, all the things you were talking about sort of prepared you for your relationship now. And you have to go through those things. Like maybe I had to go through those things to really understand. You know, I, I, I was not experiencing or thinking about what I actually needed. It was about what I wanted and about even what I wanted to need. <laughs> uh, and I didn't really pay attention to what I actually needed. And... It's, I guess it's just like wisdom or like, you know, going through a training, you know, you have to rip the muscle to gain the muscle, you know, and that's kind of, that's kind of what it was. I had to go through hard things and experience them for real um, instead of just trying to not experience them in order to um, gain that wisdom or to I don't know, to, to understand what I actually needed. Well, I mean, the way I view it all now that we've moved through it is mm-hmm. the relationship with you was for you, I think, helped you move through a difficult <laughs> part of your life. Not to say that it was, you know, able to offset all the feelings, but if it helped soften the blow, then, um, you know, that's worthwhile and i think it prepped but it's me. at your ex- it was at your expense in some ways yeah but i got something out of it it prepped me for uh you know a relationship yeah and i was ready to move forward and had this idea and started forming the the groundwork for what i wanted in a relationship so it prepped me 
for uh, moving forward. And, you know, I know that being in a relationship so soon and then moving in with someone so soon follows the same pattern that I had previously. But, it, it you know, you can tell people that it was different, but it really was different in the sense that I had this thought and these thoughts and this knowledge that I have been talking about in this episode going into that. It's like, okay, I don't need to be in a relationship. I don't even necessarily want to be in a relationship, but I was presented with an opportunity. And it's like, this actually can give the things that I want. And sure, it's happening right now. And that's, you know, fast and soon. But what are you going to do? Yeah, um, absolutely. And if, if there's any need for a signal that it's different, then you know, this is mostly for me. There's not like real critics out there pointing their finger at me, but because I did have a pattern of going from one relationship to another to another, it's like the the desire to move in so qu- quickly. It's like that had never been something I'd ever thought about yeah. previously in my life. It's like, a no, no. That was always a hard no. It's like, I'm not living with someone I'm dating. I'm not. Like you were it. dating someone who you really liked and you would only see them twice a week. Yeah. So... You know, and the third day was brought up and you're like, <laughs> totally. So like you know. that's a sign. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but as we talk about this stuff, um, you know, as it pertains to you and me, I, I like to look at it as, okay, there was this moment and I brought this up the other day. It's like, I don't believe in fate, but <laughs> I don't believe in fate. But Christina pointed out, you always say that, then you say something that makes yeah. it seem like you believe in fate. But yeah. I, the, the other example was when I was in Atlanta working on that comedy festival with Mike Albanese that he does in the East Atlanta Village. There was one comedian who I didn't know. This was a woman I never met before. And we kind of hit it off. And like you just have instant connections with someone sometimes. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, I, she asked me to help her film some of her sets because she lives here in the New York area with her wife. And I was like, sure, I can do that. And, uh, unfortunately something happened on her end. And this is a person I don't know, but it was a, a big thing and a, you know, a difficult thing for her. Again, a person I don't know, don't know, but like I felt it for the, her. I was like, Hey, it's like, I know you, I feel like I know you. And, uh, this makes me sad. So yeah. it, it's like, I don't believe in fate, but I met this person and it just, you know, clicked like we've known each other and we're comfortable with each other and get each other. Um, well, fate is a very romantic notion and you have a large romantic oh, brain. But that, but that goes if I but I don't believe in fate because it's supernatural. It's right, something. But, and, so, yes, I'm very romantic, but I don't like fate because I my romance lies in still science and logic. If you think. Yeah, about my, OK. If you think about my <laughs> okay. romance. It does. I tie it mm-hmm. to science in certain ways. But anyway, uh, the point is, I'm not saying there's anything like fate. But, you know, with you, if we're friends for a long time and then for whatever reason come together at this moment in our lives, that seemingly is very pivotal in whatever the rest of our lives presents, um, you know, we both got something out of it. And if that's the purpose that it served and then it settled back down and we're friends again, then I'm totally fine with that. The only point I was angry was, yes, when you jumped into another relationship, which also felt felt hypocritical since I had jumped into another relationship and I was well aware of that. But 
Um, and, and who am I to gauge the reasons? But I was pretty confident. Like, you are, this is wrong. You're just doing this thing, the same thing that you do all the time. Um, and I think with you, I had always said, if you're being honest and uh, true to yourself, I'll deal with whatever that means, even for me. It's like, all right, if that's like a bad thing for me, depending on how bad, but you know what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm, if, mm-hmm. It's like, I'm, I'll find a way to be cool with it. <clears throat> but if it seems like you're just lying to yourself, that's, uh, that's not going to sit well. Yeah, but to me, I mean, that's like going back to you at 31 and trying to tell you something and how to act and sure. how to be. And, I reckon, you know, I, it's just like you can't, you can't do it. And that's why, that's why I felt like mad, you know, because I was just like, leave me alone. Like I, I, maybe I am fucking up, but I can't not fuck up right now. Like I'm, this is, this has to happen. You know, I wasn't, cause now I'm in a place where, you know, I, I, I am seeing this person. I don't know what we are. I don't. And, and, and my instinct is to start thinking about him a lot and like, like text him, but don't text him too much. And then, you know, like, and, and I'm, I'm feeling that and I and I'm uh, my instinct again is to like figure out like what we are and what's happening but instead I'm like wait it's fine it can just be what it is focus on me think about what I want and what I need and what I'm doing in my life and don't let it revolve it's because I'm starting to start to feel that thing where it's like it's starting to revolve around this person it don't do that you know what I mean (laughs) and I'm just feeling my old ways coming in but this time <clears throat> I'm seeing them and I'm recognizing them and I've learned to not do that. And it uh, feels good. It feels better. I don't know if it's, you know, if that behavior is who you are, I don't know if that's a bad thing. I think so far it's been a bad thing because it's not about me. It, not, <laughs> that sounds selfish and weird. What I mean is it's like, it's not about my needs at all. Well, it's think, about my wants or, and what I want to need. But I think it's not a lot of what I actually a lot of that's driven out of anxiety with you too. It's like, should I text too much? I mean, all of that. What happened with Christina was I did decide once that started up, it's like, because it's an idea. How do I want this to fit in? Where should I put it? What box should it be in? Or I could control it and try to steer it down a certain path. This is where I want it to go. And I just said, I don't fucking care. I'm not, I'm just, whatever this is going to be, it's going to be. Right. And, and that's how I find myself living with someone because she came over and kind of never left. And if I had a problem with that, if it didn't sit well with me, then we would have gone down that path. It's like, okay, look, I like you, but this is too much. And let's just right. figure this. <clears throat> I just let it be. And, you know, when she was around quite a bit, I was thinking, am I going to freak out? I'm waiting for the freak out. I was like, just shut right. up. Stop. Stop. Stop thinking that shit. Just Right. So you're doing the same thing. You're recognizing the old pattern. Yeah. I, I just let go is what I did. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to let go. I let go, but I also, like, I let go while presenting myself as I am. I'm like, this is, yes. I'm fucking moody. I yell at things. <laughs> this is all of it. And yeah. not to say that's easy, because then when you're showing a person that you're like, they're surely going to fucking leave. <laughs> but, yeah, um, you know, there's good things. Obviously, a person doesn't stick around. if There's not good things. But you don't think about the good things when you're worried about presenting yourself as you are. <clears throat> but I, I, yeah. I can be a difficult person, but I'm much more difficult when I'm trying to fucking control everything. 
um, you know, these moments of difficulty are much less, and I'm sure people are much more inclined to deal with them when it's natural and it's passing instead of, I need to steer this relationship down this path and I'm going to fucking mm-hmm. force it down there. And nobody wants because to it's not really authentically you. It's not it's not you being yourself. <clears throat> no. And that's that's it's you struggling with what you want to be. That's the that's the important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if you're there, this is what I, I never understood because I wasn't there and I wasn't able to do that uh, for a very long time. And, and people are like, why are you going to another relationship in the past? Why are you jumping to another one? Again, because I thought the relationship was going to get me to the spot. It was mm-hmm. going to be the vehicle that got me to where I wanted to go. Um, but without the... Inno- That's what I thought about you, probably. Which is fine. Yeah. Like when you were, when you're, when you were saying before, after, and I saying I was angry with you, you're angry with me. Anger's fine. You can also be where I was at 30 fucking things up. I can recognize that. I can think about that now and understand it completely and not hold it against you. But I also am allowed to be angry in the moment. Um, yeah, to me, stuff like that, <clears throat> being angry at someone means like I'm going to mm, like I'm going to kill them with my anger, <laughs> I don't know if, you know, yeah. or they're going to kill me with their anger. Yeah, it doesn't... Like sometimes when I when I'm angry, I just get really sad because sadness to me feels easier than anger. I mean, if that's the way it comes out, then fine. Yeah. I th- I but think it's th- probably healthy to, like, be okay with being angry. I mean, it is. My kids kind of teach me that. My kids, like, I get mad at them. And now that I've accepted that it's okay for me to be mad at them, it passes way more quickly um, instead of me resenting them because I've had to hide my anger. You really do not like anger. It's very interesting. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. Was raised a certain way. It's uncomfortable. I get it. I don't like mm-hmm. the idea of someone being angry with me. And it, it was a learning curve to, again, going back to what I said I would like is like the sign of a good relationship is like, yeah, we're angry with each other, but it doesn't mean anything more than that. We're just angry right now. There's not a bunch yeah. of <clears throat> tertiary bullshit that comes along with it that's going to linger and have effects and there's going to be passive aggressive behaviors. Like, I don't want any of that shit. I just want to no. like, yeah, we're angry and it's okay to be angry. And in the long run that doesn't mean anything right i mean i i i understand the spirit of that but you know in the moment it's it's hard to remember that i mean i'm I'm better at it now so like with my mom you know there there are times when we're talking and we have to hang up the phone quickly for some reason and then if if one of us does that we'll call the other back and like hey i'm sorry i hung up so quick because we don't want the other to be mad at each other at the other and you know if I'm, if she's mad at me for something, then she feels awful, you know, and she's very upset that she's, you know, and then it, it's this, it's sort of a big thing. And I've had to tell her, like, it's okay for you, for us to be annoyed with each other. It's fine. You know, it's okay. It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything long. It just it happens, you know, but, um, and then that puts like some pressure on me in a way, not as much now because I'm trying to get healthier mentally whatever and like unlearn some of that stuff but then it puts some pressure on me to like make sure she's never i never give her anything to be mad at me for because it will upset her so much to be mad at me (laughs) do you know what i mean 
So what a weird sort of what a starting waste point. Of tiring waste of energy is what it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, it really is. When it's like none of that needs to happen. It's fine. She can be annoyed. It's cool. It's not a big deal. No one's going to hold it against you forever. Is the no, they won't. A, a person's not just going to say, get the fuck out of here. I hate you. I'm finished. with. I mean, maybe somebody would. Then that tells you what you need to know about them. It would still hurt. <laughs> if somebody you cared about is like, fuck but you. But that's wild. Like, that's a wild reaction. And the thing, like, with my mom, she she only reacts that way is because when her mom was mad at her. She locked her, her in a room. mom. Huh? She locked her in a room, withheld food. <laughs> so with, no, but she probably withheld love. Yeah. Just you is, know? It's worse. Right. And so, you know, my mom learned that anger can kill. You know, and so when she would feel anger, she didn't want to kill. She didn't want to kill me because she knew how it had felt. But then it just turned into this like it like turned it inside out instead of like getting rid of it. So I'm trying to get rid of it. And I'm sure, listen, I'm going to fuck up my kids in some kind of way in some new, maybe unique way. <laughs> Who knows? I but, think the biggest thing with kids is just to, you know, everyone shies away from feelings. And even if you bring up feelings like fucking pussy talking about feelings, like, no, it's not that I'm not wallowing in feelings. Mm -hmm. It's just accepting that feelings are real. Sometimes they're illogical and they're still valid and then fucking processing them and moving through them. That way you don't wallow in them and throw well, them and on everyone else and make every other person hold your feelings. Because, you know, those are the two extremes. Either you get someone who's showing no fucking feelings or someone who's giving way too many. Right. And I feel like what I try and do. Sorry, this is my kids. Uh, what I try and do is show them that I have feelings. And then that they that they end. You know, those feelings do go away. And I'm not withholding any affection or love or anything. It's just, hey, I felt this way. And now it's over. And we move on. Well, that's the way to set them up. I mean, I don't know how much you'll yeah. fuck them up if you do set them up that way. Whatever. There'll be other ways, but that's the most important way. That way you right. don't get some strange monster creation like you. <laughs> yeah. Or me. Or <laughs> Super me. cool. <laughs> I mean, my parents, it, was, it wasn't that the feelings were not allowed. It was just more so they didn't press me on them. Like, okay. <laughs> like there was a... Uh, there wasn't any questioning. Maybe there should have been more. It's like I was just allowed to exist with uh, creating my own weird coping mechanisms. Yeah, there definitely should have been more. But maybe they were avoiding something they didn't want to deal with. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. But anyway, I didn't mean for this whole show to become about relationships. The point was... No, this is a great... I loved this. The, the point... Despite, sorry if my, my son's iPad is in here now with him. Oh. And it will express some of that anger now. Yeah. Get the fuck out. You should. Do it. Let the audience here uh -huh. that you're comfortable being angry hey pete come here can you pause that please you don't really have to put on a show no he's gonna say the end of the show no he's gonna say no 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 no, no 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 we'll wrap this up Press close. We're, no i i don't we're wrapping to, up now he doesn't need to stay at the end of the show he doesn't need come to on it'll that. be fun no he doesn't need to say that um i'm <laughs> lost the <laughs> this is it. I told you we're on borrowed time. Well, we're an hour in, so I guess we made it. Yeah. So any, okay. anyway, you know, this is where we went. The point was, as I approach 40, I feel good. 30 was a good. fucking mess. And I, I'm reflective and time isn't as much of an enemy now. I just kind of exist. I'm like, all right, here we are. We're going to 
go through the rest of this alongside each other. You're still going to win in the end, and I hate you for that, but fine. Yeah, what am I going to do? I can't beat you. There's no beating you. Time. All right. Yeah. Don't 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 uh, consider time a, a friend. No, you don't have to. You don't have to put a ribbon on it. You can just wrap up the show. Wow, asshole. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, uh, thanks everybody for listening. Now I'm now I'm annoyed. Thanks everybody for listening. Use our topic. Our war. <laughs> That's it. Thanks. Thanks.